For the last several episodes, I have been going over how to get started with your food truck. This is an extremely common question we get in our group, especially this time of year, being the late fall, early winter. People want to know, how do I get started? Because they're thinking ahead for next year. So I've been going over all the different steps that will help you to have a very successful and profitable food truck. We're up to the step about planning and projecting. And basically, this is about writing a business plan. Welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Now, I don't want you to get scared and go, oh my goodness, I don't know how to write a business plan. I don't want to write one because people think about a 40-page document and there's a whole bunch of math involved with it and they just don't want to do it because they don't know where to start. It's not that hard. But the one thing that I do not want you to do is go out and hire someone to do it for you and certainly don't have somebody from Fiverr do it because all you're going to get is a copy and paste document that will be useless to your business and it'll just wasted money. A business plan is literally your roadmap. And would you want your business being set up by somebody else? If that's the case, then just franchise yourself. Cousins Lobster is a food truck and they have a franchise program. There you go. You're covered. Let them do all the heavy lifting for you and all you do is make lobster sandwiches. But if you're going to do your own food truck and have that business plan, it's going to start with what we call an elevator pitch. And this is what it sounds like. It's a verbal very short pitch that you would tell somebody that is asking you, hey, I heard you got a food truck. And you go into the little elevator pitch about the food truck, about the menu and what you can do. And it could be the elevator pitch could be if they're interested in catering. So now you're focused on catering. Hey, I'm a food truck and I serve freshly made hamburgers, all different kind of toppings. We have deep fryers. We do onion rings and fries. You know, we use local meats. We use local produce. We use a local bakery. All the kind of things that people want to hear you're going to include that in your elevator pitch, but it needs to be short and concise. You're talking about a couple of minutes at most. When you get into the actual writing of the business plan, I like to, to create what's known as a lean business plan. It's going to be six, eight pages at the most. It takes out all the repetitive nature of the 40-page business plan. Because you've, if you have ever read a business plan or you see some of the examples online, many of the sections overlap and essentially say the same thing multiple times. The thing about a lean business plan is we're respecting the time of the reader. I'm not going to bore them with saying the same thing about my menu four different times in five different sections. I'm not going to talk about my experience three different times. That's typically what the big business plans have. So we're going to make it lean. We're going to talk about the team and the organization. You know, so it's going to be you as an owner, maybe a spouse helping you, could be a friend helping you. That's your team. How's it organized? Who's in charge? Who's doing the cashiering? Who's doing the cooking? How is the organization laid out as far as positions and who does what? Who's doing marketing? Who's doing social media? Who's in charge of the books? That kind of thing. You could definitely do that in a handful of sentences. The business structure. 
This gets into the details of are you an LLC? Are you a C Corp, an S Corp, a partnership, a sole proprietor? How is the business structured? It's going to talk about market research, and that is who's your competitors? You should have a real good idea who you're competing with. Every food truck is a competitor, whether they sell your menu or not, doesn't matter. But they're mobile, which means they could come and park right next to you. So you got to understand who your competition is. You want to look at them from the eye of, are they better than me, or am I going to be better than them? Eventually, you should be the number one food truck in your area, but you're not going to start there. So you want to look at what the competitors are doing that you can copy and get better at, and then things that they're doing that you don't want to do because they're just dumb ideas. Let them be the testers, and you just be the one to come in and do it better than everyone else. Also, with your market research, you got to understand what the pricing situation is in your town or your city. Certain neighborhoods will command a big price for certain foods, and other neighborhoods won't pay it no matter what you sell it for. you got to understand what your market will bear. You may have to do some product testing. Take that Philly cheesesteak. You know, what does your area look for in a cheesesteak? Are they looking for the onions and peppers and mushrooms? Do they want just the two different kind of cheeses? Do they want all of that stuff? Are they looking for a meat that's more like finely shaved ribeye? Or are they looking more like the typical meat that a lot of Philly places use? It comes in already shaved, already packaged, and it's frozen. So you got to do that product testing to understand what's going to work well in your area. you got to have a marketing plan. We talked about marketing in a previous episode, but you should know exactly how you're going to be marketing, and you mention that in your business plan. We will do social media. Here is our goals for our social media growth. We're going to be doing physical marketing. We're going to be visiting two businesses a month. We're going to be going to two apartment complexes a month. Those kind of things. But you got to have that plan because if you don't have a plan, you can't follow it. Then you're going to do financial projections. And this is where everyone freaks out. I don't know how much sales I'm going to do. Now, the negative to how a lot of people recommend doing a financial projection is, let's just say we're going to do $500,000 in sales. So they pluck a number out of thin air and go, let's make it all work. Because you can do a business plan like that. You can put a top line of $500,000 in sales and you can break it down and make the math work. Doesn't mean for one second you're going to do $500,000 just because you pluck that number out, even if you set that as a goal. How are you going to achieve that goal? How do you even know 500000 pays all the bills? How many people does it take for you to generate $500,000 in sales? How many days a week do you have to be open? How many days a month do you have to be open? Where are you going to set up that's going to generate those kind of sales? If you're open 200 days a year, that's $2,500 a day you got to do in sales. How are you going to accomplish that? Financial projections cannot be built from the top down. Because all you're doing is setting yourself up for a world of frustration. Financial projections are built from the ground up. And we look at things like, how many guests can you legitimately serve an hour? On 500000 you don't know what it takes an hour. You know what you need, but that doesn't mean you could serve them. We take that 500000 we break it down into 200 days. It's $2,500 a day. If you're open 10 hours, that's $250 an hour. How are you going to get enough sales coming in for $250 every single hour that you're open? How many people does that represent as far as clients or guests coming in? How many employees does it take to handle that number of guests coming in? So we have to build it from the ground up. Building it from the ground up, you start with how many people can you wait on per hour? A legitimate good cashier can wait on one person about every 60 seconds if you have a very basic not complex menu. The more complex the menu, the longer it takes for you to take an order, the longer it takes to get the food out, which means the longer your line gets behind the first person in line. Simple menu. Take the orders quickly. If you can take one order every minute, that means that the most you can wait on is 60 people an hour. 
Now the question becomes, can you produce enough food within that same 60 minutes to cover 60 orders? So we're talking now about cooking capacity. Taking one order every minute is service capacity. Can you legitimately do that, yes or no? Can we handle 60 orders worth of food every hour? And most likely the answer is going to be no, you can't. But those are your, your max points. You can't go beyond those. No matter how good you think you are, you can't go beyond that. You can't take 75 orders an hour. Because then the question is, do I have enough room to produce all that food? You have limiters there. So the building it from the ground up goes to how do we know how many people we could wait on? Do I wait on one person every three minutes? So now we're at 20 people an hour, 20 orders an hour. Okay, now it seems a little bit more reasonable. Taking three minutes to take an order is a nice leisurely pace. No one's rushed. Certainly, even the most basic of food truck can get out 20 orders an hour. So now we've got a number we can work with. So how do we get 20 people coming to our business every single hour that we're open? And then what kind of money are those people going to generate for us? Looking at our menu, we have a number or a dollar amount we expect each person to spend. And it's not going to be the most expensive thing on the menu because that's foolhardy. Not everybody's coming in to buy the most expensive thing you sell. It's going to be somewhere as an average between the least expensive and the most expensive. That's where you're going to fall. So if each person you're expecting to spend $15, when you sell an $18 product and a $12 product, 15 sounds pretty fair. So if I have a $15 check average, how many people does it take for me to generate the kind of sales that it's going to be required to hit break even? Because then once we hit the break even, then we go beyond that. We get into the profit side. But the first step is we got to hit break even. Because remember, if you don't hit break even on Monday, Tuesday has to hit break even plus whatever it fell short on Monday. Otherwise, at the end of the month, you don't have enough money to pay the bills. It doesn't matter what your business plan says. If business plan says you're doing $500,000 a year, unless you're hitting that break even point, it don't matter. So we build up. First step is to hit the break even point consistently. Hopefully we, we can hit it consistently within the first month. Because we're hitting it consistently. Guess what you have? You have profit. How many people on our Facebook group say, I've been doing this two and three years and I ain't made money yet? They have a hobby. They don't have a business. You can make money from day one, but you got to understand the math behind it. Yes, you can be in debt. You can owe people. There's nothing wrong with having a business loan. There is nothing wrong with it as long as you can pay it. But you can also have profit and have a business loan. Oh my goodness. There is nowhere in a contract for a business loan does it say every penny you make has to go to pay the business loan. What it says is, we would like to have $600 a month or $1,000 a month or $2,200 a month to make the payment. That becomes part of your break even. But you build from the ground up. You can't just pluck a number out of thin, thin air and go, yeah, I can do 500000 Not when you're starting, you can't. Then the last part, and this is really the most important part, have a trainer, have a coach. And you want one that's from the industry. And you want one that's got experience. You want one that has expertise. Because those things can be mutually exclusive. Having expertise doesn't necessarily mean you have experience. And what hurts when someone has expertise without experience to back it up is they don't know how to handle real-life situations. They've read about them in books, but they have no expertise on handling that really upset guest in real life or handling that flat tire. They've read about it. They know what to do, but they don't have the experience to back it up. On the other side of that coin, somebody's got lots of experience, but no expertise is going to be useless to you. How do you get expertise? You have to be trained by somebody else. You can't figure it out on your own. All the self-made millionaire stories, they're stories. Someone has to teach them how to do things. 
I freely admit it. I have worked for a whole bunch of different restaurant companies by choice. And every single one of them, I was a trainer. And it wasn't because, oh, well, Bill knows how to talk. Bill knows the food industry. It was because that's what I wanted to be. And that's what they trained me to be. So going from Wendy's to Hardee's, which is hamburgers to hamburgers, different ways of doing things. Going from Hardee's to Burger King, which is hamburgers to hamburgers, different way of doing things. Cooking times, cooking temperatures, cooking procedures, all are different. But guess what? I've got the experience now and I've got the expertise because I've been taught by other people. I've been the one that stood on the front line and dealt with a guest that was upset because an employee sent a burger out that wasn't cooked properly. I know how to handle that person. And I know how to handle them in a manner that makes them come back tomorrow. That's experience and that's expertise together. you got to have somebody that knows what they're doing. There's a whole bunch of people out there that have been doing this business next to no time, have no experience, and they're trying to call themselves consultants and every other fancy term they can come up with to get you to buy their product, to get you to, to buy into their courses and their other physical products that they're selling, but they don't have the experience in real life or they don't have the expertise having been taught by somebody else in the business. When you talk to me, you got 45 years worth of experience. When you talk to me, you've got somebody that was trained by Rack's Restaurants, Wendy's International, Hardee's, Shoney's, Burger King, Whataburger, McDonald's, Slotsky's, and Quiznos. I've been through that training. It comes down to retention of what you've been taught. Lots of people talk a good game, but that's all they do is they talk a good game. Find you a coach, find you a trainer that's going to help you within this business. Because I can promise you what you don't know is going to hurt your profits. It's going to hurt your guests and it's going to lead you to an extremely frustrating experience as a business owner. And you don't need to put yourself through that. I tell people all the time, this business is not for everyone. And that doesn't make you a bad person. You deserve to be happy. And if food don't do it, it's not a big deal. Find something that does make you happy. Life's too short to work at this business for 20 or 30 years and hate it. If you find yourself hating it, sell the equipment and go find something you love to do. The business is worth it, but it's not worth it to everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. If you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. Join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels, from brand new beginners to decades old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping you with your food truck. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know I got plenty more to say when it comes to helping you and your food truck business grow.